Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is Jordan, Jesse, go! This week on Jordan Jesse Go, more speculation about the Ku Klux Klan than in any past episode of our program. Let's go. Welcome to Jordan Jesse Go. I'm your host for the program, Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Ah, beautiful day in Los Angeles. Sun dappling the windows. I think I already brought up. Sun yeah, dappling you know, the I think I think week. maybe you've gone back to the dappling well. Yeah, one one too many times. Would you say the dapple well is dry? Are you making some sort of dappling T-shirt that you're just kind of surreptitiously plugging? <laughs> this is a this is a. I'm actually just working for the American Dappling Council. Mm. Um, they're an organization that promotes the use of dappled lighting schemes, um, and I get a do lot you of like money their to do spokesman. Buzz- uh, no, it's like a buzz marketing thing. I'm actually oh, okay. not supposed to mention that I get paid to do this. Mm. Um, it's because it's a buzz marketing thing. But I'm, you know, I'm proud to be working with the Dapple people. Um, they're really good people. Uh, they're based in Duluth. Oh, great! How will yeah. this lead to new clips from Dark Knight Returns? <laughs> um, let's, let's introduce our guest on the program. Uh, you, of course, know him as the host of the hot new podcast, Glitter in the Garbage. Uh, from our friends at the Earwolf Network, uh, you know him as a an accomplished uh, improv uh, comic in Los Angeles, uh, Mr. Drew Drogi. Hello, how are you, sir? I'm great. How are you guys? Oh, it's a pleasure to have you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for thanks for having me on here. You got a French cuff. I do have a French cuff. I'm getting ready to go somewhere later. I have to um, um, present an award uh-huh. at the Sassy Prom. The sassy prom. <laughs> I'm not really sure exactly what that is, but I'm going to present an award. And so I wore this shirt with some cufflinks. I am yeah. super and jealous of you right now that oh, you're presenting an award Jesse, at the sassy my life, prom. My life is wonderful. My oh life my is just God. full Wait, of is majesty. Is this in some sort of sassy high school gymnasium? Or no, where I is think the sassy this, prom? this is at a sassy gay bar called Eleven. Okay. And and they they crown a prom king and prom queen of West Hollywood. Oh. I really don't. I live in West Hollywood. Why would, why am I not up for this? Um, Jordan, I'm sorry. Did I? I'm rubbing it in. Did you are know a bit. that Jordan was prom king of his high school? I was actually. Were you really? Uh, well, I, I have. Homecoming king? Uh, a homecoming king. Actually, I have told this a few times, but I think it's worth saying out loud that. Um, I did win Homecoming King, and then years later, uh, on MySpace, uh, an old <laughs> high school acquaintance uh, contacted me, and he's like, "Oh, hey, you know when you won High School Homecoming King? I worked in the office. You didn't win, but I rigged it so you did." Oh, so my- I am a false. I am a false. Homecoming oh my god! King. But well, at least still, they didn't dump pig's blood on you. Yeah, you no, it was not the a character. Because when they, you know, they rigged that so that they could, you know, make fun of Carrie. But they actually, that was a nice thing that he rigged it for you to yeah. actually win. Yeah, and that's really great. It was sort of a, a pig's blood bath of adulation. Right. right. Exactly. You, you know, I think a boxing glove on a spring was supposed to hit me in the nuts, but it just jammed <laughs> up. Yeah. So they're like, "Well, let him have his day." Well, you, you know, could- at my high school, um, the homecoming dance was canceled. Um, because our principal, the, the, I guess the homecoming dance the year before, there was lots of dirty dancing, mm-hmm. and so he canceled the the dance the next the next year. But the president of our student body 
really got to the matter. And what really bothered him was all the interracial dancing. Oh. And she took it to so to such a high level that we were on Jay Leno. Our high school was on Jay Leno what? for our canceled homecoming dance. Is this like Jay Leno's uh is this Jay Leno's canceled daytime talk show that was a replacement for Donahue? No, it was when he was on the Tonight Show. No, wow. wait a minute, wait a minute. What year was this? Maybe it was Conan. How can I get those two confused? I think it was Jay Leno though. Was Jay Leno around in like 95, 94? Yeah, I think yeah, so. What was he hosting then? He was hosting the Tonight Show. That was the Tonight Show. Carson okay, yeah, quit around of like course. 91, 92. Okay, yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. So it was the Tonight Show. It was it was Jay Leno for sure, and um, yeah, and we just were mentioned in his monologue, and he and uh, yeah, that's it was. We all were like, oh my god, we've made it. Did you get like? Was there a makeup dance when the kind of when no the, huh? no there was just no there was just no dance but this girl Olivia Page was her name and she um, she was awesome she was just this really big rabble rouser and she was like i'm taking this to the streets you're gonna hear about this <laughs> now was it interracial dancing period or was it dirty interracial dancing? oh it was very like? dirty oh, okay. but it was it was <laughs> let's be clear let's be very clear <laughs> but it those was, other races right have a different <laughs> idea of dancing i've seen those other races dance but it was it was very much the white girls are grinding up with the black guys, and this mm. principal was just didn't had a real issue with that. Sure, it, it, pretty crazy. It was this was the nineties, and it was like really, you guys. If we're talking about nineteen ninety four, I would imagine that some of the concerns centered around people who were doing the Tootsie Roll. Oh yeah, there was lots of Tootsie Roll and Cabbage Patch. Mm. And um, are those dirty dances though? I can't the really. Tootsie picture Roll them. is a the dirty Tootsie dance. Roll was pretty dirty. It, yeah. It's essentially a type of penis thrust. Mm. Right. Let me see your Tootsie Roll. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, down with OPP, you okay. know what that means. Mm, not, you know, I this has come up before, like the whole, every kind of early 90s hip hop thing, I just have no idea about. Really? Like, I don't even know what a Tupac song is. Oh, wow. Uh, OPP is other people's pussy. Okay. Yeah. 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 Great. And there's, dance, you know and there's a dance associated with uh, that, where, a, you, where someone else is dancing with a girl a great, and you reach out and grab her pussy. It's actually a great song. Is that Cypress Hill? Is uh, that right? That's Naughty by Nature. Naughty by Nature. Okay. Yeah, no. The, the OPP, OPP, I think, is an example of uh, uh, an early 90s novelty hip-hop hit uh, that is actually a truly great song. It really is. It's a great song. A it truly really great song. It's great Naughty beat. by Nature. Wonderful no. group. Yeah. Are you being serious? Yes, it absolutely. Seems like, yeah, I agree I mean, with just you. Knowing, I totally agree with you. No, it's a great song. It's not like a kid and play song or something. Right, there, right. That was a time period when there were songs where it just had a catchy thing in the chorus and it became a huge hit. And it's still something that uh, like a, uh, you know, now I guess 29 year old or 31 year old woman wants to yell uh, in the chorus at a wedding because sure. she's drunk. <laughs> but, um, well, that's better than Journey but, or I like Big Butts. Sure. Yeah, well, exactly. Ugh. No, I think Barf. I think there's a whole world of I like Big Butts so, hip-hop songs right. from between 1989 and 1993. But this is in that genre, but of a But actually quality. really good. It's yeah. This is really an exceptionally... This is, yeah. I, wouldn't, I would even say that, that while it has that characteristic of having a part that you yell, yeah. along with Naughty by Nature's other huge hit, uh, Hip Hop Hooray, okay. um, I would say both of those songs are songs that have a part that you yell, but are imminently... Uh, uh, credible and just mm-hmm. wonderful, wonderful songs. Now, when I'm when I'm thinking of Naughty by Nature, when I I have a picture in my head of who Naughty by Nature is, and I, and keep in mind, I am I am so ignorant on this subject. Isn't Naughty by Nature a white guy in a basketball jersey with a um, 
with like a shamrock tattoo. That's, no, that's, that's House Cypress, of Pain. That's okay. House of Pain. What's that's House, House of Pain? What's that? House of Pain is an Irish hip hop group that okay. featured Everlast. You, I would and, imagine oh, okay. that you would know House Everlast of Pain from... sang the song Jump. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. That's Which, probably what I'm... And Naughty by Nature is not that. No, not at all. And you know what? Jump isn't that bad of a song. It's not bad. It's not a great song, but it's not a bad okay. song. And, Everlast, and it's all nostalgic for me. You know, it's like I hear it all and I'm like, oh man, I love that. What's the Foo Fighters? I love... <laughs> I know what that is. What is pizza? What's, yes. The Foo Fighters is the thing that people like to tell you is funny for a rock and roll band. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, guys, can I change the subject real quick? No. Would you, is this, is this, did, did, did it get too real? It did get a little too real. Okay. Once we started bagging sure. on once the Foo we Fighters. Started, once sure. we, well, I think you got, you, you got shook when we brought up uh, Naughty by Nature, <laughs> specifically Trigger Tretch. I'm just worried someone's going to try and grab my pussy. <laughs> I just don't want any... If I'm worried... About my pussy. Tretch, Tretch uh, the uh, primary MC in Naughty by Nature, uh, uh, did do a number of borderline porno movies. Really? He did like a, he did like a, in the, in the early 2000s, he did a number of kind of Skinamax type. Wow. Sort of R plus rated oh, movies. Oh, wow. So, wasn't actor. didn't Snoop Dogg have a line of porno movies? He briefly had a line of porno that movies. That he was in or that he just produced? He I did. Know, he yeah. like hosted a Girls Gone Wild uh-huh, or something. Uh-huh. He had his own Girls Gone Wild, I think. I do know that because a girl from my high school was in the ad for that. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. Well, she wasn't in it, she was just in the ad. Uh, I did not I did not see the Girls Gone Wild, so I cannot confirm if she's actually in it, but she was definitely in the mm, ad. Big, okay. big news. That's really bad for uh the girl because uh you get the sort of double-edged sword of not only are you in the Girls Gone Wild video, which, which you have to presume enough, yeah. she is, right. but she's in the advertisement so people can say that they saw her without admitting without even having right. watched exactly. uh, Girls Gone uh, Wild And I mean, video. we just wasn't just someone. I mean, we we were in a musical. We were in The Boyfriend together. Like, we had on <gasps> oh, Straw Boaters and we, we scream did about, Charleston. We sang about. That's the da, one. Da, 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 da. So. That certain thing called the boyfriend. So that was that was truly the end of the innocence for me when I was watching Mystery Science Theater three thousand at two in the morning <laughs> on Comedy Central and her You're ad like, came on. That was Daisy May or Hortense. I know that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my that was my first high school musical. Wow. You, uh, Jordan, were were wanting to change the subject. What was? Oh, that? I'm sorry, that's right. Oh, I mean, I might. Do you know anything about Snoop Dogg's porno movies okay. other than his Girls Gone Wild? So I don't think we need to he, change. The subject. Uh, he did do. Uh, he did do an actual hardcore porno movie that he, he was did, in. He did not show his dick or anything. He was in it. Well, like I'm glad. Was, I'm glad he didn't do that. That would just like, be rude. He's, he's I, as I understand it. I didn't. I didn't watch the films. Uh-huh. Uh, but as I understand it from my memories of the time that they came out, I think the deal was that he was present but not fucking. Was he oh. in the same room? Was so he like pointing to the people I fucking, think, saying, "Check this out"? Yeah, I think that's what it was like. I don't. That's like even worse. I, I don't think. think it was like yeah. just interstitial pieces. Right. Um, you know, where it was just like him in front of the Arc de Triomphe or whatever, and he's like, yo, it's big Snoop, <laughs> Snoopy D-O-double-G. Check out these people fucking, and then it cuts to people fucking. I guess I'm thinking of, when I think of how he could be involved and not be fucking, i remembering the Skinamax of my youth, and they always had like a framing device, and it was either like a sexy call-in talk show uh-huh. Or like a woman like, who had an advice column. Sure. Shannon Tweed was a scientist sometimes. Like she yes. sometimes <laughs> right. she would she would have she'd be like a chemistry professor at a very erotic college. Mm-hmm. Or 
There'd be something happening there, yeah. And so, yeah, and she's like, and sure, and she'd be like, she's like, today we're going to explore the human animal. Tell me your, tell me your most sexual interlude. And then uh-huh. uh, someone would tell it, and you would see the fucking, and they would go back. They right, may right. have even made the Snoop Dogg porno movie at Snoop Dogg's house. <laughs> wow. Did he, um, prob- did he had a, probably had a wife and kids at this point, right? He, yeah, I think he's pretty much always had a wife and kids. Yeah. Um, I think he's separated from his wife now, but he was he was with his wife for a really long time. Well, she stayed with him through the porno movie. Yeah, that's pretty. I think I she mean, was with him in the porno movie time. I actually probably my number one most exciting thing that happened to me in Los Angeles was when I was in uh, Malibu with my wife hiking, mm-hmm. which is something that I don't enjoy. Um, and uh, but it was redeemed by the fact that as we were hiking, I looked down. And I saw and recognized Snoop Dogg's house from an episode of Cribs. Wow. <laughs> I was like, hey, that's the basketball court where he was playing yeah. basketball with Belle Biv DeVoe. Oh, that's amazing. Or maybe amazing. it was Boys to Men. I can't remember which R&B group uh, he was playing uh, basketball with, but he was playing basketball with an R&B group. Well, I actually, years ago, when I was catering, I catered Jamie Foxx's birthday party at the Playboy Mansion. Mm. <laughs> Uh, not to name drop. I mean, I was in pretty good company that night, you guys. And um, canapes? Yeah, Did you have some nice? Canapes? I had some canapes. I, I think I remember I wrapped up some from some fillet and went and hid in some closet somewhere and just like stuffing my face with fillet. <laughs> um, but yeah, that one time it was like there was a, there was this like really, you were you were in there eating a fillet and then uh, James Kahn was fucking a playmate next yes, to you exactly. in that same yes, closet. Exactly. Sure. Shell Silverstein say... was masturbating. <laughs> and, um, so, uh, so, so, um, so yeah. So anyway, anyway. So like, I go, I, I, I get this. I uh, there was this rule. There was some rule that night that was like at three o'clock in the morning, like three a.m. Three a.m. They're like no more, like nothing served. You cannot okay. get anything after three a.m. Not just alcohol, nothing. We had to close up at three or whatever thing was. I don't remember what the time was. It was. It, it may have been four or even five. It was fucking. You know. So you when you when you cater a celebrity birthday party, you have like you have to. You're there from eight p.m. to seven a.m. Right. To, but, yeah. Okay. We're pretty much whenever they're done. You know, whenever they decide to be done. Right. And um, the whole thing was like really was so weird to me because this was before this was like right after he got the Oscar, I think, and when it was like Jamie Foxx because I've always been such a fan of him as an actor. Like I loved him. On In Living Color, and I thought he was so great on Any Given Sunday. So when he won the Oscar for Ray, I was like, he, good for him. He's awesome. Had you seen and Ray? I had, and I did not like the movie, but I yeah. thought he was great <laughs> in it, you know? And it's like, it's like those biopics I usually don't, you know? But still, it was like, I was, ha- I was like supportive of his success at the oh, time. You know, that was the same year that he was also nominated for Collateral, which I really liked. Yeah, so I'm I really like, well, I'll just, pretend he, oh, I'll just I, pretend like he won for Collateral. Oh, I loved Collateral, too. That was a great, I thought that was a great He was great good in Ali, movie. too. Okay. In Halloween? Ali. Oh, in Ali. I was like, was he in Halloween? No, that's Busta Rhymes. Anyway, so... <laughs> Jamie anyway, Lee Curtis. You're thinking of Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> You're thinking of Michael Myers. I'm thinking of Donald Pleasance. Um, so, anyway, the... the uh, Donald Pleasance is in all those, isn't he? He anyway, is. So. He's Mr. You know, yeah, exactly. Uh, Mr. Loomis, I think. Yeah. Anyway, I'm a nerd. Um, the the um, but this was before his whole like gross like blaming on the alcohol. Yeah. And now he's yeah. sort of like a, much more of a joke. It's like this guy. But it was the first taste I had of like, ooh, you may not be, because it was like at the Playboy Mansion, and there were there were you know like 400 people there, and everyone had different colored wristbands. So it was like if you were like. There were like 30 people with one color wristband, and those were like his actual friends, and they could hang out in a certain place. And then other people, and then there were like people from central casting who were like 
pretty much hired to be there or they won a lot or something and they were just there and they were buying drinks like it was like gross and i was like this is your <laughs> birthday party God. and like why do you need all these people around you that you're you don't know and for your birthday party it's really gross but um they anyway make him feel better about his big blocky head <laughs> um he does kind of a big blocky but anyway get back my, getting back to my my story at like three in the morning they were like nobody else and so finally this one this this big guy comes up to me and he was like i need a sprite <laughs> and I was like, I'm really sorry, I can't get you that. And he was like, a sprite? I'm like, I can't. We have a rule, like we cannot. And the guy just looks at me and he goes, It's for Snoop. <laughs> and I was like, Okay, I, I'm on it. So I ran and went and like, you know, risked my job and yeah. went and dove onto a, a onto a, a truck and found. A, you know, I'm making this sound so dramatic. I went and, and hit a sprite and carried it in my Nehru jacket underneath it all and sort of sleekly. You know, it was almost like I was giving him. You know, heroin or something. At three o'clock in the morning, I got a sprite for Snoop. <laughs> did you I actually? Mean, did you have to serve Jamie Foxx at this party? No, I don't think I ever served him directly. He was like had people around him all night, but I did give the sprite directly to Snoop. Oh, hey, wow! I made a point. I was like, if I'm gonna get into trouble with this, because right, they, they were like, least. they were like, you will be in trouble. I mean, they they made it like so dire. They used to be so serious with this, with this stupidest shit. So I was like, oh, I'm gonna if I'm gonna do this, I'm walking right up to Snoop and be like. Here you go, Mr. Dog. Yeah. Compliments I mean, of Drew Drogi. Sure. Yeah. Remember me. Drogi yeah. did it. Right. <laughs> Your slogan, Drogi did it. Drogi did it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. And I'm Drew Drogi guest. Oh, it's great to have Drew Drogi here, huh, Jordan? And Drew, just so you know, you can make up a nickname over the course of the show. Oh, I can. If you have one, you know, locked and loaded. All I have right now is flagship cupcake. No, I great. see no need to change That's it. That's what yeah. I just created, and I'm, I don't really yeah. want to judge it. No, I think it's great. Okay. Music. I mean, it's it came. Real, it came from really an solid. honest place. It came from a really honest place. Um, <laughs> of saying two things. <laughs> yep. Jordan, I know that it's like two weeks after your birthday mm-hmm. now. I, I I apologize for that. No, no. Um, I did. I, g- Happy I gave you a gift sure, thank you. on your birthday. Yeah, yeah. sure. Uh, you, you came to my little get-together. You gave me a pipe, uh, uh, which I used the other day. I had the inaugural smoke. I tried yeah. to take a picture of it, but it was yeah. a little dark. Okay. Well, what kind of pipe was it? Uh, just was kind that? of like a smoking pipe. Uh-huh. Not a not a Not like a marijuana pipe. pipe. A Dunhill oh, tobacco okay. pipe. The, oh, the finest, nice. The finest of tobacco products. I love that. Um, and I was at a... I was be at like a, Juno. Right. Yes. I know. It is. It, yes. It is a little precious. It is a little. Dear. There may. Yes. There maybe is a postal service song that plays. It. Um, but I was at a bar and I was on the patio and I kind of had the. I kind of took it for the inaugural smoke and I um, and I just got some tobacco, some loose tobacco at Seven Eleven because I'm like, oh, this bar has a great porch. I have the pipe. I can try it out. This will be awesome. Um, and I. You know, I I light it up and I mean, it smokes great. And then I just get this tap on my shoulder, and it's just this hipster guy who I don't know. I mean, very classic, you know, beard, white pants, the whole deal. Uh-huh. He just tapped me on the shoulder, and he's like, "You know, that's not pipe tobacco." What? Just, like, he just, oh, gross! Like, really? Come, I don't know you now in your. And, he's, and he was just probably impressed, like from the smell, he could tell it wasn't pipe tobacco. Yeah, you should have been like, "Oh, I know, this is ironic." Right? Isn't I'm it? like, "Oh, you still use pipe tobacco in your pipe?" Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I you use... still listen to vinyl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, a, gross. we're putting we're putting cigarette tobacco in pipes now, and we're listening to eight tracks. 
Um, so sorry to drop those bombs on you, white pants. But I white did. Uh, I did. Now let's not so let's slow down this talk about white pants in case anyone oh, notices right. what color pants Uh-oh. I'm wearing. You right aren't. No, you're, those aren't the type of white pants I meant, Jesse. Okay. You know the kind of white pants I mean. Thank you. Um, uh, but I did get you a small birthday gift. I thought oh, you might. Oh, thank you. Oh, this is that. nice. You're handing me a, it's a, in a it's in a priority mail envelope. Yeah, for safety. I don't want it to. Don't want to cause any trouble. Here. Wow. This is. Wow. Look at this. Oh my God. A Bart Simpson. Oh, a wow. black Bart Simpson it is black. mirror. Why? This, Why? And he's slam dunking and it says Air Bart. Jesse, this is amazing. Where did you find this? I, I use the internet to find it. Well, for thank you, you very much. This is perhaps one of the top gifts of all time. It's like a carnival. Why? It's like a carnival prize right. mirror. Yeah, why this, is Bart Simpson black in this picture? He is black. <laughs> this was a, actually a, a Do you think it was just a weird screen print that they just got the yeah, color he's wrong? He's supposed to be black Bart Simpson. That's why it's Air Bart. Oh, cuz it's like Air Jordan. Yeah. I've never seen black Bart Simpson before. Well, here's the thing. The other week on the program, That's I was talking about... That's weird to me. About... It's not like a Barbie. <laughs> it's very... Right. You know, uh, there can be like... multiple races. Right, right. I get that, but not Bart. Yeah. I was talking uh, the other week on the program about black Bart Simpson and how I felt like it was this vast, untapped culture studies vein uh, that needed to be excavated and, you know, the ore processed into solid culture studies gold. Um, yes. And uh, as an American studies, having having been an American sure. studies major in college, I I felt uh, like I was enough of an authority to say that there was some serious uh, there was some serious unpacking that needed to be done on that. Yeah. Now, uh, since I made that remark, multiple, not just one, but more than one culture studies professor has emailed me to say there is scholarship on this topic. And in fact, it is it is included in some intro to uh, culture studies courses. Wow! There you go. So there is a link to the article. There's a okay, PDF I need of to the go article that, that is on our forum. Okay, I will because that is just sort of that's so bizarre to me. Well, because it's a it's a it's an interesting example of intertextualism because it's, it combines uh-huh. the it combines Bart Simpson as you know and all the representations of that with. Uh, the cultural associations of but a whole the, the other. The Simpsons, and you probably you've ever covered this before, but the Simpsons, um, I think, really started out. It was very much supported by the black community. I mean, it was a very when it started on Fox, it was you know it was right in with uh, in living well, color and when, Married yeah. with Children. Same thing. I think Married with Children was also a very much widely you know not to you know completely blanket every you know the entire african american community or whatever but it's like it wasn't it was very much a black um the i feel like black people really supported the simpsons before smart hipster white kids did yeah yeah. i really do they didn't like the simpsons as much as they liked herman's head as i (laughs) remember it Um, right or the thorn birds <laughs> the, but fox was yeah certainly fox was at the time was trying to hit any niche audience it could to get audience in there and african american audiences just like later upn would do uh, mm-hmm. were was it were a big part of that right certainly Higher LL, so i just cool don't J understand why we had to make come. bart black on top of that i guess is my point well it's i like, think you're gonna need to spend some time with the literature i'm group. gonna have to <laughs> right yeah and what race are they are they asian because they're yellow like it brings up a bunch of stuff <laughs> yeah you they're definitely I mean? asian no they're certainly <laughs> asian yeah that's the whole, that's the whole are you did you not realize they were asian this whole time oh my Drew? god now it makes all it Drew, all makes i've got sense. some shocking news about margaret cho to tell <laughs> wait you a minute later. who oh boy this is gonna rock your world <laughs> 
well, thank you. This is a this is a wonderful gift. It is. It uh, really is. Confusing racial to, politics. Aside. I don't mean to besmirch it. It's a great gift. Well, I just thought you would enjoy it. Happy birthday. I will. Thank it. you very much. I'll display it proudly in my home. I know some important stuff is going on in your life. I didn't mean to distract from us talking about the important no, issues that's okay. going on in your life. I just felt like, given <clears throat> that it came up, we should do it on the air. Yeah. Well, this mm-hmm. is and, uh, uh, and this is something I wanted to talk about. Um, I know we're probably all tired of apocalypse remarks at this point. Right. Although, uh, I will say yes. that you heard it here first. Right. Nowhere else in popular culture were people talking about the apocalypse six <laughs> six really? weeks ago, eight weeks ago, yeah. like we were. Everybody jumped on the bandwagon. You know, but I, you know, I just talked about it on my show this week, so it'll, it will be on next week. So it'll be very old. Uh, people will be very annoyed listening to my show next week about because we do a lot of rapture type stuff. But I remember seeing the billboards for months, but not really hearing anything about it until it's because you like a week or two ago. Jordan, Jesse, I go. know <laughs> I'm a dickhole. I'm um, sorry. I know. Um, but yeah. But I can see how you would see those billboards and not think, oh, they don't literally mean the world's going to end. Like, this is just some. Yeah, well, I just thought, I didn't, I didn't think it was any, I didn't realize it was such a global, like it had such a. Yeah. uh, Maybe this is one guy. Right. Who was was able to put up one billboard. Right. But no. No, I actually went to, I went to Brazil a couple weeks ago and they had the same billboard in Portuguese. Oh, wow. So yeah, I mean, totally global. Portuguese. So I'm from North, I'm from the South. And so I'm not, it's not weird for me to see billboards that say (laughs) the end of the world is coming. It'll be on this day buy a t-shirt i mean like that's not that's not weird for me to see also that buy a t-shirt. it's a little yeah. weird that they're selling black bart simpson t-shirts that's weird to me <laughs> where he's saying cowabunga it's the end of the world man <laughs> they're uh, just selling rasta bart underachiever t-shirts. yeah uh, um but i was I, and i discussed this i was on our friend uh dominic Durkis's podcast the other oh day. yes that should be love out. dominic yes that should be out the anytime show mm-hmm. that should be out in the on, in the internet uh soon ish um and this came up uh, but i thought it was worth bringing up to you guys because i think it's a rich topic so so this apocalypse came and went mm-hmm. um we're taping this show on the sunday after it was supposed to happen um, we're looking at 18 hours left behind. Right. Yes. <laughs> and right. Yes. Uh, the three people have actually ascended to heaven. It was only three of them. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but, um, so I was wondering, like, is there a, a, a pocket of these people who believed this was going to happen, who had like a big sex thing? <laughs> on the day before. Oh, I wonder. And, I wonder. And I mean, obviously, People logic... People who believed you know, in the Bible, but not in the teachings of the Bible. <laughs> right. And and I'm just like, okay, well, they probably wouldn't. They probably... That would be distasteful, and, you know, you were about to meet Jesus, and you don't... You like, don't want to have pussy juice on your deck. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Is that what you're saying, Jordan? Or other yeah, things. Sure. But but uh, here's, here's my other question. Drew, I've I didn't heard mean to be this. exclusionary. I've heard a phenomenon. <laughs> I've heard a phenomenon of um, uh, religious religious folks who think it is okay to it that, it that that your virginity is not lost if it's in the butt. Right. All oh, right. Do well, these of... two groups intersect? And was there a weird apocalypse butt orgy? <laughs> Do you guys wow. think that? That's what we. Well, yeah, I wonder. I don't know. Well, that's also a cultural thing too. A lot of cultures yeah. will say like you're not a virgin if you're if you have anal sex and you're still a virgin, right? As long as you don't, which is so crazy. Um, 
Yeah. So what's? I'm sorry. So what? So what? So we can talk about all of that. You're positive. So obviously these are two niches. I mean, like, you know, the pretty, pretty. This is a subject straight out of your secret sex party notebook that you. Oh <laughs> right. Which is ideas for different secret sex parties. Right. And the new one that came up is: Was there a? It's going to be the end of the world. Let's. Well, wouldn't stuff you know? Like, if you knew that, if you knew the end of the world was coming in like a week. Wouldn't you just be like, just, just we're just gonna drink and smoke and fuck as much as we can until for the next week? Except yeah. that you want to be taken up. I mean, the, the, ultimately the issue is, but I don't is, think I don't know. I mean, it depends on what you define how you define that because I don't know that it's like by. I, <laughs> I have no sense of morals anymore. I'd be like, the, what's wrong with any of that? As long as you're not being bad. I mean, the thing is, that what's so funny to me is like, if you actually really believe the Bible, it's clear throughout the entire thing that. They say you will not know when, you know, God is coming again, when Jesus is coming back. You will not know that. And to claim that you know is to claim to have God's knowledge. And that's the the biggest sin of all. I mean, like, so it's like just by saying I know something that no one else knows (laughs) just instantly says, well, if you actually follow the Bible, that's a sin. Well, what I like about what I liked about the whole phenomenon um, these... And there was a lot to love. It was a pretty love. <laughs> they were a pretty lovable bunch. Uh, I think the thing that I liked the most was that this guy was essentially dissatisfied with the level of geekiness available to him by the Bible, and so he decided that he was going to, through brute force, transform it into a math problem. Yes, exactly, <laughs> right. exactly, and like, and the fact that he. Figured it out like it was a code. Yeah. Like it was like on my show, Liz Feldman, if you guys, I don't know if you know her. She was oh, on my yeah, show sure. last week and uh, she. I worked, I was a PA for Ellen when she wrote for Oh, it. really? So I've gotten oh. her many a latte. Oh, that's <laughs> wonderful. I had to get her a latte too. She's very demanding. Yeah. Um, but as she was saying, you know, one. she was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> she was saying, you know, this is not Goonies. Like it's not a math problem. Like you were saying, it's not like you put the triangular shaped piece in the wall and then it boom rapture it's yeah. like it's like that's such a crazy and, the, the, and i was reading notion. the kind of the breakdown of it and there's this thing where it's like you add up all these numbers like noah did this this guy did this and then times it all by 5 and the reasoning for timesing it all by 5 is the number 5 is in the bible a lot <laughs> no <laughs> like like the, really i don't know anyway like yeah, yeah so and crazy. probably a lot of other numbers are in there a lot anyway i know i mean i guess i guess it I would probably let that guy put it in the butt. <laughs> like if you're if you're uh, if you're a, 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 a comely female parishioner. Yeah, sure, just whatever. Do you think this guy just did this because he wanted to put it in a lot of butts? I mean, it's hard for me to into, to see into someone else's mind, but sure. when I look in his mind, I see a lot of buttholes, <laughs> <laughs> boners and buttholes. That's what I see. Yeah. Well, you know. And how old is he? He's like 89 yeah, or something. Yeah, I mean... Dude. It's like, clearly, it's like he was ready to go. I'm like, eh, it's just this day. What is his <laughs> What is his statement been? I haven't heard from him since Well, he then. predicted it once before in like the in late 19, 80s. And it was local, yeah, yeah. It was local news in the Bay Area at the time. Um, yeah, no, I, I, read, I, Google, I did some Googling today, and it was like he's suspiciously absent, and his home is abandoned, and the radio station that was broadcasting this is just playing like a tape they're just like playing a tape and oh. they have they're all boarded up too so oh. i think they got out of dodge when uh when the comet didn't come where do you think they headed to i don't know but like people have quit their jobs and have like put all this money i mean like people have done major life things and it's like they're gonna come after these people it's like they're not gonna be happy. i would probably go to jamaica 
Yeah. Mm. That's a good yeah, place mom. to go. <laughs> That's if you're, a, if you you're know, a weird I, apocalypse fugitive. I love uh, the islands. I love the Caribbean. I, I love all that. But I... Um, have heard horrible things about Jamaica. I've heard horrible things about. It. Have you been? I've never been before. No, I mean, uh, there's there's definitely uh, there's definitely a culture of metaphorically and literally lighting homosexuals on fire. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. So there's that absolutely. to deal with. Yeah. Oh, they're horrible. I mean, I have you know uh, friends, I, um, female couple that were there that were getting harassed, which is really bizarre. I think yeah. to see women, two women together, and having people harass them. I mean, that's that's like r- r- a lot. You know, more. On more. the other hand, you got some beautiful beaches from. Oh well, the, exactly. <laughs> Never mind. What am I it's saying? And the daiquiris. Oh, and the great reggae tunes. Sure, I mean, there's a senior frogs on every block. <laughs> right, steel drums everywhere. Oh. All playing the same song. Right, no woman, no cry. Right. What does that mean, by the way? No woman, no I cry. What does any? What does any Bob Marley thing mean? I don't know. I'm not a fan of reggae at all. I mean, if I'm in the islands and I'm drunk on pina coladas and it's and a, you know, yeah, turtle drums are playing and I, I can enjoy it. I know, you know, but, and it all and it, I know this is wrong. I know the, I know my feeling on it is wrong, and I know this is just probably probably having a lot to do with where I grew up. It all just sounds like sublime to me. I really like <laughs> like think of the greatest reggae genius, whether that's Bob Marley or Toots and the Maytals or whatever. It all just fucking sounds like sublime to me. It all and I just associate it with what a horrible with, what a horrible curse to have to live your life with. Yeah, no, and I just yeah. see like oh, whoever's making this is a bald white guy with a dragon tattoo and a raised truck. <laughs> like that's that's reggae music to me. And I know it's not, and I know there's sorry some beautiful spirituality behind it somewhere. Blah blah blah, rich cultural tradition. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. I know I'm. I really don't. I really don't care about it at all because there's so much hate and violence in it. The, the, the culture too, and I, and I should be a bigger person and, and support it and be like, oh, this is great, and you know. But I don't feel like there's nearly that sort of thing when you go to different islands. Bless you, the Caribbean or the other places. It just yeah, feels I much was more. at uh, God. What I what what beautiful tropical island was I at recently? Uh, I went to the Cayman Islands once. It was very nice. Yes, I didn't very feel like nice. anyone was going to be lit on fire. Isn't that nice? I never thought. I never once thought that. That's funny because I've lit a few people on fire. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Not sure. specifically homosexuals. I mean, I just wanted right. to see a man burn. Right. Sure. Yeah. You didn't. And care. it was not in the islands. It was actually oh. in the in the Middle West. Oh, that's like Illinois. It was in Des Moines. Oh, that's a nice place. I mean, it's, it gets chilly there. Are you so. confessing to something right now, or is it just? Do we? Do other people oh, I, know about this? Or I think I'm out of the jurisdiction or whatever. I don't. <laughs> I mean, is okay. it even a crime? Well, am I now? Uh, like I, do a, I even need to describe or? to you how lovely the modeling effect of the the modeled effect of the lighting was? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was really beautiful. Was it dappled? Was the oh, light dappled? Was the fire dappling in oh, the body? The dappling. Was I majestic. actually was set on fire in a. Um, I had to be. I was in a, a outdoor, a nine hundred seat outdoor. I was in theater. a Buju Banton video. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, and I had to be set on. I was in an outdoor summer stock theater. I, a very culturally, uh, racially insensitive three-hour-long show in which all white people that it were dressed up... It was the stage up, version of Song of the South. Pretty much, <laughs> right. pretty much. It was called The Legend of Jenny Wiley, and it was in Kentucky, and I had to be a white man that the Indians set on fire every night. And there was a wall of real fire that would shoot up and right in front of me. Um, it was terrifying. because this, you know, this is seems insane for like a 
community theater, right? Summerstock? Is well, that- it was the summer? Yeah, and it was not a non-equity, non-union thing. <laughs> and it was 900 people there, and it was like a three-hour show, and I had to get tortured. I was tied up, literally tied up with ropes, and I was dangling in front, and it was late at night, so by the time that this part happened in the show, it was all dark. And so this fire would just shoot up in front of me, and I had to scream and burn. Like, And it looked, from the audience, it looked like I was getting burned on fire, because the fire was just right in front of me. And then the lights would go out and it'd be gone. I'd be taken off. I'd be gone. I, I am always shocked that uh, people go, that regional theater continues to exist and that people go to it <laughs> in the age of electronic media. Oh my I mean, God. here's the thing. Like, I have seen, uh, I have seen uh, live theater that has moved me tremendously. Mm-hmm. And I agree that... Uh, uh, there is live theater that can be a, an experience that can't be reproduced anywhere else. No, I think I that is true. Uh, however, uh, that is not almost any of the live theater that's going on in America right well, now. Well, yes. No, absolutely. But I think that there's a human need. Like, that's it's a basic need to see. Like, I, I think that it's something that... Uh, I don't think digital media will ever be able to completely re- replace that. It's like the movies can't replace theater. It's like they're different medium. You know, here's the thing. There's something I, Drew, about having a live. I grew up in San Francisco uh-huh. and San Francisco is uh, not a half bad theater town. Oh, right. It's no, not, it's, it's yeah. not Chicago or New York. Right. But, um, it's, you know, the, in the second tier with your Los Angeles. Essentially. Sure, sure. And um, certainly, the big professional theater in San Francisco, the American, American Conservatory Theater, yes. ACT, uh-huh. uh, there are certainly uh, high-quality theatrical productions, but it's still a show made up of mostly people that uh, are trying to get bit parts on Nash Bridges. <laughs> like, <laughs> really? it's still, like... Because what amazes me about, the, you know, it's like theater in L.A. is a, is a very strange creature because a lot of people in L.A. are, and myself included, you know, working in, you know, wanting to work in, I should say, wanting to, in film, TV, internet, media, you know, in that, and trying to build a career. And what it, I always like when I, when I have gone to other places, I feel like, you know, Chicago or even, I don't know. I mean, I have right, been where, to, where people I've can been to actually ACT. have a career. I've been to theater. ACT. I've seen a show there and it was, it was great, but I think, yeah, but it's like people that love it for the sake of doing theater, you know? And it's yeah. like, I'm always amazed at that. It's like, you love the art of doing this. But and that's you the don't, thing. You know? That's the thing that I don't like. Oh, I don't really? like the people who, who love the art of theater so much. Uh, that they that that becomes the important part of the equation. Here's here's <laughs> how here's how I think here's the need that I think it fills in society. It's it's important that theater exists so parents have something to take their kids to to teach them a lesson about sitting still. <laughs> there's this there's this thing. That's in, why the Nutcracker God. exists. There's this thing year. in the Bay Area um, that I went to once with my wife. Now my wife grew up in Marin County, uh-huh. uh, which is just north sure. of San Francisco, right. and up there I I want to say in San Rafael. Somebody's going to get all pissy and correct me on this, but I want to say in San Rafael, somewhere up there in the north in the north <laughs> counties. Uh, there is this thing, this annual thing that is sort of like a summer stock play. There isn't real summer stock in the in Northern California, but mm-hmm. it, it's the closest equivalent, which is this thing called the Mountain Play. And okay, uh, sure, I've a- heard of this. A- annually, there is this big production of uh, usually a traditional musical. You know, guys. I think it was Guys and Dolls when I saw it, or something like that. And um, it is it is a huge thing. Mm-hmm. There are this is. Literally 30 minutes from San Francisco, 
And, you know, San Francisco gets the big touring Broadway shows. <laughs> um, and this is 30 minutes away, and it stars, uh, you know, your, the, the most talented high school students locally and a couple of theater teachers... And uh, maybe maybe the leads are portrayed by actors from San Francisco that would otherwise be you know second or third leads uh-huh. in in a in a professional theater production in San Francisco. Um, but there are literally five hundred people there, and uh, you know ten shows right. or twenty shows. Like it's a huge thing there, and mm-hmm. people are like, oh, are you going to see the Mountain Play this year? Oh, I bought a ticket for the Mountain Play this year. Sure. Blah 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 blah, and that is like worse than torture to me. Oh, I'm sure. The thing is, it's like, you know, people, and I think that they, there's something about seeing somebody live in front of that, that experience that they want to see. And somebody that they maybe know yeah. or that they, that's why I think community theater, it's like that, you know, you see the, you know, I grew up doing community theater and it, a lot of it, I go, when I've gone back, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I did this and thought it was good, that this was good. But then there was randomly like the plumber that was like really great and would do the shows. And there was something about that sort of hometown experience, that sort of flavor. I still go back, but I am also a glutton for punishment. I go back <laughs> in South Carolina. My parents always take me to this this dinner theater called Cafe and Then Some. Oh, and, and they okay. do. They like they like change the words to songs. And it's like they say the neon lights are bright in Greenville. Oh, you know? and everybody like and laughs a little like, bit. Yes. Sure. And it's and it's completely it's mentioned... waiting for Guffman. I mean, it's completely right. that. But I go and it's like they serve you dinner. All the cast serves dessert at intermission, and it's stuff. This stuff that you exact. It's not. But I, I don't know what it is. I love it. I think it's just from where I come from. I mean, it is not good. I would never (laughs) argue like it's, uh, you know. But it is so. There's such an earnest. There's such a um. And uh, like an honesty there, and there's nothing jaded. There's nothing like I'm trying to get on, you know, like you were saying, Nash Bridges about it. It's like we love it. We are on stage. We are performing our hearts out. We're gonna, you know, break the the fourth wall if you even want to call it that to bring you pudding to bring exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and I love it. I don't know why. I just yeah. I think and it's no, I think and it- I think it's a basic. It goes back to like cavemen. It's like we've had this need to like entertain. And storytelling, I feel like it's something that will always be around. And I feel like the, you know, um, as great as movies and internet and, uh, you know, digital meaning can ever get, it will never replace that feeling of, like, community. Yeah, and I, th- and I think... And a bird I think, is chirping outside. Yeah, right. Oh, how, how appropriate. Um, yeah, I think, you know, like you said, the reason, like, you in San Francisco, you do get the touring productions of, you know, whatever, the, the a Rent or a Wicked or something like that. And the reason people go to the Mountain Play is because, oh, that's our thing, like... No one else has this, you know. It's right, not. It's not right. going to be in Seattle I next week. I can't even. I seriously, and and I say this as someone who, <sighs> you know, I went to I went to theater school for mm-hmm. four years and did four hours a day of theater, and you know, <laughs> I didn't want people I knew to come to my shows because I knew that they weren't that good. Like it's not that they were. <laughs> It's not like I did. I enjoyed being in them. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Right, 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 right. I enjoy performing, or I wouldn't have gone into show business. Sure, right. Uh, but uh, I, I was a little bit embarrassed of what I was doing even then, and that was a very. I mean, considering the ages that we were, I think we were probably doing exceptionally good work. Yeah, uh, you know, like a lot of the people that I did was in those shows with are professional actors, full time professional actors now. But um, the uh, uh, it's embarrassing, and I would even it's not even just about like local podunk things. 
Like, to me, like, if I am in New York and I see a play that's anything less than an A, I I am like, why are these people yelling at me? <laughs> but I think something you have to remember is that, like, most of the people who go to see theater, because it's so, because it's hard to see, it's probably expensive. Like, yeah. It's probably huh? it's more expensive, expensive, even more expensive than a movie at this point. Like, oh, oh, um, like yeah, the people way, who are there want to be there, and they're probably predisposed to love it. Like, I feel like, you know... We, uh, we, you know, we, we've all done things at that uh, hipster comedy theaters, the UCB, the, sure. the IO, stuff like that. And that, I think we're used to that situation. We're like, oh, these people are probably a little judgy. Like, these sure. people are probably like, because, sure. you know, it's five bucks and, you know, they're probably like, nah, really? Um, but I think when you do are in the community theater mountain play situations, this costs 35 bucks and the kids all had to tuck their shirts in and God damn it, we're going to oh, enjoy this. I also hate Shakespeare. I want to throw that <laughs> okay. out there. No, I, I, I've just it's it's taken me many years to finally to realize that it's not my favorite thing either. And people, there's so many actors that you know, it's I don't care. I never want to be in another Shakespeare play for the rest of my life. I and, do not care. You know what? Like there I are have even no you know, it. like oh sure, like I guess there there are some genuinely funny parts of Much Ado About Nothing and some genuinely sure. beautiful things in Hamlet or King Lear, but just overall. What an unpleasant thing to subject yourself to. I know. I know. I am just like, well, I realize too that my my taste is so much more trashy. I mean, it's like I look at titles of plays that I've been in out here and I'm like, you know, it's like I, I studied and I did Shakespeare and I did Moliere and I did David Mamet and I did all these things when I was in college. And then I'm out here. I'm like, no, I'm going to do. Debbie does Dallas the musical when I'm out. <laughs> Wait, is that an actual thing yes, you did? Yes, I did. I did. Does it's, it follow the plot of Debbie does it Dallas? It does. It does. Wait, it, two questions. A, does it follow the plot of Debbie does Dallas? And B, what is the plot of Debbie does Dallas? <laughs> okay, yes, it does. And in the play, Debbie is, uh, she works at a um, sporting goods store. Okay. And she has to, uh, if I can remember this correctly. As a vibrator she gets a, No, she gets accepted into being a Dallas uh, cheer, um, cowgirl. Dallas cowgirl or whatever they're called they're cow, they're you know. and she but she doesn't have enough money and she has to get you know to get to Dallas because she lives she needs in like California. a bus ticket or something so and she's a virgin oh and so she ends up uh, the whole thing is all these other people in the movie having sex until Debbie has sex with the owner of the sporting goods store at the end of the movie oh. so there is sex in the whole way and she just wait she who else is having sex oh all of her friends okay you know, just to um, around. I don't know. Okay. Fr- Frenchie and Rizzo, or whatever. Okay, so are. right, Frenchie and Rizzo, and so the it, 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 and so does this action hap- happen off stage in the? No, it ha- the, the musical is really, really tame, and it's it, it's almost like you know when they take Little Shop of Horrors and make a musical. It was it's it's really fun music. Uh, it's 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 actually making fun of cheerleading as much more than anything. But I I played a bunch of different characters in it. But the, there's sex on stage, but it's it's so silly and not obviously real sex um you know and it's it's um but i yeah i yeah that's what i would choose to do i'm like yeah i want to be in debbie does dallas musical it was at the key club like rock and roll club downtown it was i mean in in west hollywood could you could you enjoy going to a shakespeare play oh too uh, i mean uh, just length I mean, it's, I mean, it's I would, just a link. I would love to me. see. I would love to see Mark Rylance at the Globe do like incredible. I'd love to watch the best of the best. Yeah. Like you're saying, an A Shakespeare. Sure. I mean, I'd watch Ian McKellen do King Lear. I'd yeah. watch that in a if heartbeat. That delightful Michael Sheen was Even involved. That would be kind that. of boring, though. <laughs> I mean, Not, it, I would watch that just just for that experience. But but I can't the imagine thing, the thing that I I uh, you know a, a lot of the Shakespeare I've seen has been at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival in Ashland, Oregon, sure. which is you know which I mean, is it's, great. It's they have a great probably reputation. The, you 
you the be, the best reputation for a Shakespeare festival in the United States. Yeah, absolutely. And um, uh, the best that you can hope for is tolerable, but even that only applies to the first half. <laughs> and the thing that happens in a Shakespeare play that I know this is just all cranky Jesse show, but the thing that happens in a Shakespeare play is when they say a joke that is completely predicated on knowing like a, an Elizabethan, like that in Elizabethan times they called frogs squabs. And so <laughs> when they say something, they say squab, they're referring to French people. Right, 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 right. Exactly. And somebody's just going... <laughs> <laughs> Gross! I just want to see that's that grab their but that's balls. That's that person. That's that. Just... That's that asshole. Like I, I feel like a lot of times too. It's like, but that's you don't not... feel like that's almost everyone at every play you've ever been to. Oh yeah, but I don't. Yeah, but those those are people that you just except maybe to. if you go to a Broadway play and then it's just like. Uh, but I get people. that way too. Like I was so. It's like I. I um, I'm one of the only people. I feel like. I hated that movie, Little Miss Sunshine, and I saw it on opening night at the Arc Light. At the Arc Light, that's what it's called, and it was sold out. And the amount of people that were just laughing around me and just laughing at this stuff, and I found that movie was really mean and hateful and really stupid and unbelievable. And I just thought the whole thing. And I and, and but I was even more annoyed because I was watching it within a room full of people that were loving it. My and that mom, made me hate it. My even mom more. cried in Juno, and I was a little mad at her. Yeah, see, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, really, mom, really, I love you and everything. Right, but this exactly. Is bullshit. You're not wow, how can you you know, and it's like so sometimes it's the it's not even that that movie's fault so much or the play's fault as much as it's the the I think the people around you they go, no, you don't because especially look at a Shakespeare thing like they're thinking they're they're laughing because they they want everyone to know that they get it i do I do know that i got I did get really upset at which parts people around me were laughing at when I went to see extract in the movie theater, oh really, <laughs> oh huh. Yeah, well, I would I would be laughing at something and then realize that no one else was laughing, and I'd be like, "Hey, how about this? Fuck you guys!" Well, maybe they were mad at you. I know. Maybe they're they like, were. "I want to grab that guy's balls." They probably were. I actually I liked that movie a lot. Yeah, I, I liked Extract a lot. I, I really liked great. Extract, and I and I loved um, what was his other movie that nobody saw that that uh, Dax Shepard and Maya Rudolph were oh, in the Idiocracy. The, Idiocracy. Yeah, Idiocracy. Which funny. it's like I I think Mike Judge. I don't know what why he's not more accepted and like why his movies don't do well. I didn't, I I didn't love weird. Idiocracy. I would say that I, I enjoyed Idiocracy. Idiocracy made me feel really depressed in a, in a way that I give it, <laughs> I give it a lot of credit because I left there going, man, we're not that far off from that. And yeah, I, I, I remember going, being exhausted Ugh. after watching it. I'm like, it was nah. like you ate a bunch of junk food and you're watching. I remember going, being Ooh. excited that Scarface from the ghetto boys boys was in it. I was oh, like, Hey, there's Scarface from the ghetto boys. Who is that? He's a great rapper. Oh, um, but I I loved extract, and I occasionally they'll there'll be something like that. But you know what my new strategy is? Hmm. I'm only going to stupid movies, and I'm only going at the Mexican Babies movie theater. <laughs> and as long as I'm paying four dollars to see Thor or Fast and Furious, uh, you know, Too Fast, Too Furious Four, or whatever it was called, then uh, it's great. I like the idea that there's a separate timeline for Too Fast, Too Furious. Like, no, no, the Fast and Furious, that's another universe. But Too right. Fast, Too, too Furious, fast, too that's furious. another okay. realm. I think it's called Fast Five. Fast Five. Fast Five. It was very enjoyable. It was very enjoyable. But wasn't one just lot. called, the first one was called The Fast and the Furious. And then, like, the fourth one was just called Fast and Furious. It was, uh, like, Fast. Yes, yes. It was, like, so stupid. Because it was, like, 
The Fast and the Furious. Okay, let me let me get this right. I yeah. think. Drew, I mean, the I don't Fast mean to and be... the Furious, and then Too Fast, Too Furious. Mm-hmm. Then the Fast and the Furious Three, Tokyo Drift, Tokyo Drift. right? No three. Then then uh, okay, no three. Then the next one was just called Fast and Furious. Sure. And then Fast Five. Mm-hmm. You got it, uh, Drew. I don't Nothing. mean to burst your bubble. <laughs> really, but... seeing it out, saying it out loud, does that sound dumb to you? No, uh-huh. no, that all makes perfect. That makes sense. sense. No, no. Yeah. It was the Final Destination movies did the same thing. Like the fourth one was just called the Final Destination or something, and it was like, why wouldn't you just? Uh, I auditioned number. for the fifth one. Did you? Uh, and I don't know if they're still retaining this title, but when I auditioned for it, it was called The Five Null Destination. <laughs> oh. <laughs> number five now destination. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, well, but I want to l- take this opportunity. <laughs> I want to take this opportunity to apologize to all of the local theater actors uh, who almost certainly compose upwards of seventy percent of our audience. Yeah, you guys. I, are I love doing you all. Great. I love you all. Keep doing. Keep fight the good fight. Comb your wig. We'll be back in <laughs> just your a wig. second on Jordan Jesse Go. <laughs> it's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, Boy Detective. And I'm Drew Drogi, flagship cupcake. Oh, it's great to have Drew Drogi here. He, of course, is from the Glitter in the Garbage podcast. Uh, uh, enjoyable podcast of uh, the entertaining comedy variety. Sure, oh, thank we've you. got it's kind of an it's kind of an improvised sketch show. You're going to get some of the people you usually hear on the Earwolf podcast, but then kind of some other people from uh, from some LA comedy spheres you don't usually hear on podcasts. Yeah, yeah, it's been fun. I want to have you guys on there. Oh, we're we'll I'm on there. Message. Well, yeah, we'll do it. We'll we've do never it. we've <clears throat> never turned down a we've never turned down an invitation. Have you ever turned down an invitation, Jordan? Uh, I, you know, oh, there's one, but then I figured out kind of late in the game, it was a snuff film. <laughs> oh, 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 that's really bad. Sure, that, that's so it good. was actually a good call. That's yeah, a yeah. really good call. Yeah. I, I mean, think of the great. exposure you I've could have done, gotten. I've done too many snuff films because I didn't figure it out until they'd already finished shooting. Uh, and, and then it was, uh, I, and then I would go like shake <laughs> the guy and I'd be like, I think he's really Shit, dead. I think he's really dead. Yeah. Well, I might kill you on my show. I mean, you know, fair we'll enough. talk about it. We'll it's talk like, about it. Let, let me know. Okay, before we agree, let me know how many downloads per week you get. Okay, and then if it's okay. enough, I will let you murder me. On All right, it. if it's worth it. So no. we have uh, we have had an explosion in the number of people who want to share their messages on our program lately. Mm. Uh, but we have a new style that I am really excited about this week. Yeah, this is going to be fun, Drew. For your ed- edification, anyone who doesn't listen to the program regularly, we have sort of a jumbotron style service where, oh, great. for a hundred bucks for a personal message or two hundred bucks for a commercial message, we will share your message briefly on Jordan Jesse Go. Oh wow, cool. Um, this is an all time first for us. Uh, a listener named Dan Wheeler mm-hmm. uh, has asked us to perform for him a personals ad. Okay. Great. Dan Wheeler is looking for love, mm-hmm. and he would like us to share that with our audience, and uh, specifically the lady part of our audience. So, here's some information about Dan Wheeler. Okay. Uh, we can we can discuss this as necessary. Uh, number one, he's a big big Jordan Jesse Go listener, and he really believes that, as we have often said mm-hmm. on Jordan Jesse Go, we believe that Jordan Jesse Go should be a catalyst for love and romance. Right, sure. If someone has not listened or dislikes the show, you should probably not, not deal date with them. them. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, Dan is a freelance graphic designer. Um, that's probably a good sign. Sure, artsy. Yeah. But mm-hmm. practical. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He loves going to garage and estate sales. Uh, I'm kind of 
Maybe I should ask him out. I, I was going to say, yeah. I'm falling in love with Dan Wheeler. Yeah, I need Dan. A, I need an estate sale, buddy. Sure. Uh, he's based in Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. All right. So he's probably got some, uh, he's probably got some tight pants on. Mm-hmm. Um, he's always into checking out a new restaurant. He's a big fan of the food scene in Portland. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, he's the best. He's tall. Mm-hmm. He's six foot four. Uh, and he occasionally uh, makes comic strips at heydanwheeler.com. Oh, oh, he sounds like a. Is there any dick info? Um, I'm. Let me Jordan see. Jordan really to, wants no, to know about his. Dick. I don't know, but it's a personal ad, right? I mean, so. Hey, look at this. He has. <laughs> he's included a photograph of himself. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to guesstimate his age. I'm going to guesstimate his age at 32. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. I could. He could be 28. He could be 34. I can't really see his picture from all the way over here, but I'm you, I'm getting yeah, a vibe. I, I should, yeah. Oh, look at that. He's got dreamer's eyes. Yeah, yeah. he's not a bad looking fella. He's a good looking guy. Um, and he's also <laughs> pandered to us by uh, putting a signed 8x10 of Jordan Morris be- over his left shoulder. Oh, and, uh, and what appears to be a copy of our friend Judge John Hodgman's book, The Areas of My Expertise, over his right shoulder. Mm, oh, I'm sure he just casually took that picture. Sure. Those yeah. things happened to be in frame. Jordan, um, did you send him a picture? Uh, that was part of our pledge drive this year. If people ah. donated to the show, uh, and if they had requested it, they got a signed 8x10. Oh, that's so awesome. So, And Dan actually says, if you want to see... What is he will- holding there? Is he holding a carnation? He says it looks like a pipe. It's actually a novelty aftershave decanter that's shaped like a pipe. Oh, okay. Wow, he lives in Portland. Yeah, he sure does. <laughs> if there was any doubt before, the novelty shaving But decanter. his target audience also lives in Portland, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah no, yeah. no, I mean... Um, she, the, the whatever lady probably has one uh, herself. Yeah. Um, so we're going to post this... And I'm this. just going to throw this out there. Probably knit scarves. Yeah. I don't know. Just a, yeah. just a crazy guess. Almost certainly. Works at the community. Community library. Um, so we have uh, on the bookmobile. How about that? That's good. Okay, I changed it to bookmobile. No, uh, we are going to post this picture. We're going to post this picture in the uh, discussion thread for this week's episode mm-hmm. of Jordan Jesse Go. And uh, you can also see video footage of him. Apparently, he was one of the cues in an episode of Put This On in a, in a cue and answer. Oh. Uh, my oh. men's style program, Put This On. Uh, so you can watch episode one of Put This On and see him asking a question. That's great. Come on, ladies, do it. Come uh, on. Yeah, hey, really... guys, uh, you're in Portland. Uh, go for a slow burger. Yeah, absolutely. What's that? Uh, that's this famous burger in Portland that ah. really, really lives up to the hype. Gotcha. They also have, Get don't they have, they have topless um, coffee bars there, right? They have like a... Oh, I don't know. just telling me in Portland they have... I bet they do. Topless, it's a topless coffee house. That so that may not great. be the, a good place for the first date. Yeah. Right. But come on, ladies. And, but, you know, go that's, for it. That's where Dan works when he's not doing graphic design. Sure. Right. You like, should get a load of the rack on this fellow. Wait until you see the picture. Scalded nipples, though. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> probably his nipples Nipple have been scalding. scalded clean oh, sure. off. Um, anyway, if you want to get in touch with Dan Wheeler, and I sure hope that you will. I yeah. feel like if we can't make this happen for him, I'm going to be pretty disappointed. Me too. No, I, Dan, I want an invite to the wedding. Yes, we gonna, should. Yes, we should all be. We, we should, should all, be, all be there. Get wedding. Invites. I have to say that when Teresa told me what was going to go down, I was worried that it would not be a handsome man. Uh, but this guy is it's a pretty good-looking guy. Yeah. yeah, he's a good-looking fellow. He seems to have his shit together, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, his email address, a special email address just for this purpose, so you can send him a, you know, drop him a line and mm-hmm. 
see if you guys click on email and check your eHarmony profiles and so forth. Mm-hmm. Find no out spam. if God wants sure. you to be together. Sure. Um, Is that what eHarmony does? Yeah, yes, it does. It's, it's, it's God's dating site. Uh, HeyDanWheeler at gmail.com. Hey, H-E-Y, Dan, D-A-N, Wheeler, W-H-E-E-L-E-R at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to have a message on an upcoming episode of Jordan, Jesse, go, whether it's a promotion for your business, a happy birthday wish for someone, or, or you're just looking to get your dick wet, a personal yep. advertisement like this one, uh, just email us at Teresa at MaximumFun.org. That's our email. Uh, that's our development director, Teresa Thorne, my beautiful wife. Uh, Teresa at MaximumFun.org. And also, uh, on our forum, in the show's forum, there is now a sticky uh Top of the line, what's that called? Uh, a, what? A, a post-it top, note? A, a thread. There's a thread in the oh. forum. A sticky, yeah, Jesse, I think that's just on your computer. I think you just put a post-it on your computer. There's uh-huh. a thread in the forum that lists all of our uh, sponsors on all the shows. So whether whether it's on Stop Podcasting Yourself or My Brother, My Brother and Me or Jordan, Jesse, go. If, some, if there's one of these and you need a link and you're going to click through, uh, if you forget what it is or whatever, you just know that it's right there at the top of the show's forum at forum.maximumfun.org. We'll talk to you more in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Drew Drogi, cupcake sergeant. Oh, I switched job. it up. I yeah, switched it. No, no, cupcake sergeant. That's okay. Fine. What about right. just cupcake? I'm just. <laughs> I'm just cupcake. What about, what about just Sarge? <laughs> I like it. Sarge I'll take it. cake. Sarge. No, that's. that's Wasn't there weird. a sitcom where there was just a character named Sarge? It sounds like it. You might be thinking of Coach from Cheers. Maybe that's oh, what I'm thinking God. of. Can I say something about Coach from Cheers? <laughs> yes. Please do. I have been watching a lot of Cheers lately. Like it's a an lot amazing of show. Cheers because it's on Netflix Instant now. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, you can watch the whole run. And uh, number one, Cheers is fucking hilarious. It's hilarious. It's wonderful. Brilliantly made. Just the every person in it. it is so good. So good. Everyone is so good in Cheers. And it's just, and they have the, like every episode starts with like a, uh, like a silly little skit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right, They're right. always funny to me, like every time, because they're like so well-crafted and just great. And just every actor on it is so good. But the thing that I hadn't thought about in a long time about Cheers, and I was hoping that it would be like that, because I hadn't watched Cheers, and I used to watch Cheers with my dad. Oh, right. Uh, So I have a lot of warm feelings about Cheers, because I Uh remember sitting in our apartment in San Francisco watching it on, we literally had a, like a nine or ten inch black and white TV, like, like, yay big, I'm indicating, and it had, we had to, you had to use a wrench to change the channels. <laughs> and uh, like we, used, ears. we used to watch Cheers every day. And, um, uh, it, and I have a lot of warm feelings toward it, but I hadn't watched it in 15 years. And it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. And the other thing that's, uh, that I hadn't thought about in a while about it is that uh, Coach, the character of Coach, is maybe my favorite sitcom character of all time because wow. it is just is such a wonderful and I'm so sorry that the the guy whose name escapes me who played it uh, passed on four years into the show but um, he it, I love that they dealt with it on the show too it was yeah. just like that was just they worked that into the storyline yeah. it was just like yep that's he passed away he passed away and like they all there was such love on that show like every yeah. character was so so much warmth yeah 
Yeah, and, and so lived in. Every and character I just, just knew. love, like, honestly, like, Woody Harrelson is wonderful as well. I don't You're mean great. to slight him, but um, uh, to me, dumb guy, like, sweet dumb guy is, that is the funniest thing in the world to me. Like, I will laugh at the Smothers Brothers for, like, hours on end <laughs> just because I love anything where where one guy is just doesn't, he can't figure out what's going on because he's too dumb, but you still like him. It's not like a, a joke right, right. At, at his expense. And uh, Coach is like the perfect yeah. expression of it that. It takes a really smart actor to be able to do that too, to play yeah. dumb in that way. Because, you know, like, that's such a it, – it can be it can be such a miss. It can be so annoying if someone's just unlikable and dumb and or just so stupid that it, you just don't believe it. Yeah. You know? I, I, here's what I have to say. If, you have, if, you've never, if you've never spent some time with Cheers, if you just think of Cheers as just being the same as like Coach or whatever – it's not even anything against Coach, but if you just think of this, it as being this, a this show, is Coach, that, Coach, Coach from Cheers, Lou and Dauber, yeah, not not, Coach, not Craig yeah, T. Nelson, sure. sure. Um, if you think of if you think of Craig T. Nelson, Coach, and Cheers as being roughly equivalent in in that they're shows that are on high numbered uh, over the air television channels a lot, uh, spend some time with Cheers. It's going to so, really so you're saying Cheers you. is more of a major dad. <laughs> if you were to compare it to another show, it would be Major Dad, sure, exactly, or um, Delta. <laughs> yep, Delta. Mm-hmm. We, she was on the road and she's blonde. We've got some. Uh, <laughs> we've got some calls this week. Uh, these these parental revelations just keep flowing in, and Brian Fernandez, who's screening our calls, just keeps sending them along because they're so. I don't know what you would say, majestic. Yeah. Wow. Soaring. Soaring. We we got into this a couple of weeks ago, Drew, when I started talking about how my parents would often reveal something crazy about their past that I had no idea of. Oh wow. Um. And so we asked for what the best, uh, what what the craziest thing and people in our audience had ever had revealed to them by their parents, and we we have a we have another bumper crop. Mm-hmm. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, go. This is Josh uh, in Los Angeles calling about the uh, the wacky stories about your parents' past. Um, when I was in college and I was pledging a fraternity, I remember being super freaked out about the initiation because I, I knew it was coming up, and my dad was like, my dad told me, oh, yeah, when I was in college, I remember joining a fraternity. Um, I uh, They took us out into the woods, and uh, once we got there, I found out that uh, the, the fraternity I was pledging for was actually a front for the KKK. <laughs> so I think what? legally and on paper, my dad is a member of the KKK, <gasps> and that is why he couldn't run for district attorney when uh, he was eligible to. That's oh. not what he told me at the time, but I'm, I connected the dots. So uh, I hope this story is not too late. Uh, have a good show. Bye. Wow. I'm okay. How That's do you horrible? How do you not? I'm I'm guessing there were signs that There's this was so the KKK instead of a frat. Pieces, right? <laughs> like I just thought they had a lot of Viking themed mixers. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, these and, are white supremacists. But I, what I don't understand is like <clears throat> you just signed up for this fraternity. You didn't know it was it was a mock fraternity. It wasn't even a real fraternity. Yeah, does the K is there, do is is there just a KKK 
organization on college that no. you can? I don't know. No, 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 no. We now you have to understand that Jordan and I went to UC Santa Cruz, yeah. where there was one fraternity, and it was created for that MTV show. I pledged a fraternity, <laughs> right? Yeah, because right. I, I guess couldn't right. do anything with actual fraternities, so they no, had to. I, I went to them. I went to Wake Forest in North Carolina. We were full of fraternities, and I in East Coast is full of fraternities, and. I mean, there's so many things. Like, first of all, you have to know the history of the you you when you pledge. Like, you know, there there's long-standing fraternities on campus. It's not like you can go to like Pi Kappa Alpha or you know or, or Kappa Sig or I whatever. Mean, I kind of feel and, like when he decided to pledge Kappa Kappa Kappa, he should have known <laughs> that something was up. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you can't just. I can't imagine that if you were, you know, if you were just going to a regular, like, Theta Chi or something, and all of a sudden it's like, it's not actually Theta Chi. We've never been Theta Chi. We've actually been the Ku Klux Klan. That's <laughs> crazy to me. Yeah. They're, but, they're, if that, they're, if, they're, um, they're, but if that did happen, how horrible that this kid at 18 or whatever didn't know and signed and up And there's for, no I, clarification here as to whether it, it seems like he just went ahead with it. Right, because right. you you would think that he could you could get it expunged or something off your record. It seems <laughs> yeah, it's strange just like that you French would... a Jew in front of everybody. You yeah, know, exactly. like really <laughs> French should, a Jew. It should be it should have been a tip off that their uh, first meeting of the year is called the No Race Mixer. <laughs> <laughs> but I also, I mean, growing up in the South, like the KKK was like even in the. Well, I guess this is this guy's dad, so he would be older than me. But still, it's like it was. It was sort of a it was a very secretive, quiet, shameful organization at this point. I mean, like they're still very proud when they get together, I'm sure, but you didn't know anybody that was outwardly a member of the KKK. Yeah, but I mean, I mean that he was... could be I mean, my dad, I mean, I'm thirty years old and my dad went to college. He started college around the around nineteen sixty. So Oh, okay. That's not you know, like this guy could be thirty years old. His dad could have started college in nineteen sixty sure. and it could have been it could have, that's what I'm saying, it could be a different, totally different time. Yeah. Like, I thought that's... it standard for kegger, kegger, kegger. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's listen to another call here. Hi, Jordan Jesse Go. This is uh, Tough Pack calling from somewhere on the East Coast. Uh say I was following your action item about uh, revelations for our parents, and I thought you might want to hear this one. Uh once, uh, when I was in high school, it was late 80s, I was sitting after dinner, reading a book, listening to my Walkman. And uh, my parents were still at the dinner table having a glass of wine and having a conversation. My Walkman was loud enough that they were talking and I wasn't listening. And, uh, you know, and the batteries ran down in my Walkman. And it went you know, slow and then silent. And uh, I caught from the middle of the conversation what my parents were talking about. And my dad was telling my mom, from what I can gather a story about him when he was younger in the kind of probably late 50s, early 60s, when he was in medical school. And the story was about how he had been romancing a nurse with whom he worked at a hospital. And he had brought her, after a night out, had brought her back to his place. And things were getting kind of romantic. And to the point where I, he had put the condom on and he got a call and got called into the hospital on emergency. So, you know, I guess hustled her out of the place, whipped on his pants, and hopped in his car, his old, like, late 40s Ford, and was racing to the hospital to take care of whatever this emergency was. And near enough to the hospital that it makes the story fun, he got T-boned at an intersection by another car, and his car went spinning around, and this other car went spinning around. Uh, and... Being a 1940s car, no seatbelt, he was just bouncing around the inside of the car. And uh, he 
ended up kind of half in, half out of the car, but conscious. And so he pulled himself together, and he walked over to check out the other car and make sure the guy in the other car was okay. And uh, apparently the other guy in the, the guy in the other car was you know, well enough to, to not you know, die on the spot or whatever. And my dad realized that he was going to pass out. And so he stood up and realized not only was he going to pass out, but he was in the neighborhood where the hospital they would bring him to was his hospital, the emergency room that he was supposed to be going to for, to take care of whatever the emergency he was called in on, and that he was still wearing a condom. So he stumbled <laughs> over to the curb, unzipped his pants, pulled it out, pulled the condom off, threw it into the curb, zipped up, and right as he was passing out, looked up and sitting on the stoop of an apartment building right in front of him was maybe a 75 or 80-year-old lady, <laughs> wide-eyed, watching the whole thing. Then he passed out. Thanks. Take care. Great show. Is part of being a doctor that you have perfect control of when you pass out after an automobile accident? Yeah, I was right. say, that was such precision of like, okay, I got to do this, got to do that, boom, boom, boom. And he really has a lot of self-possession for someone who still has a condom on his dick. And why did, you not, why did he not feel the condom while he was in the car? I mean, was it just that crazy? Like... Would you not feel it on you? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's why you see... I feel like just walking around casually, I see a lot of just out-of-the-wrapper condoms that don't look like they've been used. But You think those are doctor condoms? Uh, yeah, those are, do- those are T-bone doctor <laughs> condoms. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Those I are from, yeah, I think that exact situation happens so frequently. Yeah, sure. Well, you know, that's how it is. <clears throat> hey, JJ Go. This is Alex in Columbus, Ohio, calling with a disturbing grand parental revelation. Uh, my grandfather came to stay with us uh, for a weekend when I was about 14, and uh, I woke up in the middle of the night and heard the bathtub running. So I went out to, uh, to check on him and see if everything was okay, and knocked on the door and said, uh, what are you doing in the bathtub at 4 o'clock in the morning? And he said, I sleep here. Didn't anyone ever tell you that? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> That's magical. Yeah. Wow. That's a kind of important shit you should know about your grandparents. Grandpa before, in the bathtub. When they come to stay at your house. Did wait was this so grandpa sleeps in his own bathtub? His own bathtub at, at home. Oh, I think there may be some let's see if there's some explanation here. Turns out that uh in his younger days he was a big drinker and a often thrower upper oh. and that my grandmother got tired of him throwing up in the bedroom, so she used to put him to bed in the bathtub. And eventually he just came to prefer it. Says it's very comfortable, but you have to wake up a couple times in the middle of the night to warm up the water. So uh, there you go. So he went to bed with, with water. Like he would go to the in the with bathtub. Warm, in in a bed full of warm in a wow. bathtub full of water. So he was used to the warm water, so when he would vomit, would he just sleep in his own vomit? Yeah, I mean Maybe like a, a solution of side. warm water and vomit. You know, yeah. some people go to therapy. Some people stop drinking, and it's other people just like sleep a, in their own pew. Yeah. It's sort of like a homeopathic thing. It's like one part vomit to a thousand parts water. Yeah. Makes it more powerful. It's so, like, that seems to me to be the most extreme form of enabling to the point where you're like, yeah, well, no, I'll just get you a little bed in the bathtub instead exactly. of getting you help for your problem. Instead of actually dealing with this issue. Wow. Okay, we have, we have one last one, and Brian Fernandez tells me that this one is pretty insane, so... I haven't heard it yet. I'm excited. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, go. 
Um, I'm just calling in response to sort of the solicitations for the listeners' wacky parent stories that you heard about later in life. Um, I was sort of vaguely aware that my mom had lived kind of a crazy life and still continues to do so. She's, you know, in her 50s now and only a few years ago when tattooing was still illegal in Massachusetts where we live, she actually got a tattoo in the basement of her sketchy friend's house. Her friend was also a witch. That only happened a few years ago. Um, My mom, I guess, uh, she a couple years ago took in a runaway who had a daughter with this uh, white supremacist guy, uh, and that's the whole other story as well. Uh, but through the girl who she took in, uh, I heard a lot of stories about my mom because I never really got up the courage to ask her about these things, but she would tell this girl. So from this girl, I, I heard all sorts of uh, crazy shit about my mom, uh, namely that when she was in her 20s, she uh, ran away from home uh, and started going out with the leader of the Mongols motorcycle gang, the Mongols being the uh, Hispanic rivals of the Hells Angels. Uh, and apparently that was a big thing. And then also, uh, I guess, this fast forward, you know, a couple, you know, maybe about 10 years. And when I was born and my mom used to work for the city hall and she used to drive around in a gold limousine doing cocaine with her boss. And yes. that is, I, that one I, I, I find sort of suspect, but then again, she, she did go out with the leader of the Mongols and she didn't deny that. So, um, yeah, just a little food for thought. <laughs> a little food for thought, I like, Jordan. I like that there was a point in America where someone who worked at City Hall would drive in a gold in limousine a gold and limousine cocaine. and do cocaine. That's amazing. I yeah. would love. Have you ever wanted to have like a? Have you ever wanted to have like a role? There was this guy in uh, my old neighborhood in San Francisco who had a green Rolls Royce from the, I'd, I guess the early seventies, mid seventies. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, that had uh, that had an orange interior. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And it was so awesome. Like, this guy, he was, like, maybe, like, a 55-year-old black guy. Mm. Um, and just uh, largely unremarkable. I mean, the kind of guy that you see, like, <laughs> he's always wearing, like, a white tracksuit. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. But he looked so awesome driving this. It was money green. It was, like, oh. money green car. Money green Rolls Royce. It was probably a $15,000 car. You know, like, a, a, an old Rolls Royce isn't worth that much because... Most super rich people want a new Rolls Royce. Right, right. Wow, that's that's awesome, though. Yeah, those I, stories. It'd, be, it'd be nice to like live in a place where you didn't have to commute so much, so you had the option of getting a joke car. Like, right, like right. now, I feel like that option is not available to me. No, no, but, no, no. But I think if you you know were only in the car two hours a week, you could just have a crazy joke car. Yeah. That'd anyway, be well, but that's like not even just a joke car. Like that's like a it was a genuinely. He he genuinely looked smooth in this oh, sure. car. Yeah. It wasn't like a novelty car at all. Yeah. In fact, I when I imagined myself driving it, I it was not a laughable idea. It was like a, that would be really <laughs> like, that would be cool. That would be my car. To go back to this guy's story though, I don't really know what his what was he surprised about. It seems like his mom. He's always known his mom was this the, way yeah, up yeah. to crazy. Shit. I mean, I feel like if she was dating the lead, the leader of like a major gang, and she got a tattoo from a <laughs> witch in a basement, of course, of course, she was doing cocaine and a doing cocaine yeah. in a in a in a cool car. 
is something that I've done, and I've certainly never dated a, you know, I've never been marked by a witch, nor you have did. I ridden with a thing, you know. You did briefly date the head of the Satan's Little Helpers, well, the I motorcycle did. gang from Pee Wee's Big I Adventure. I did, but I thought, I thought they were just extras on a, on a right. horror movie. I didn't think they were actually Satan's but Little Helpers. But yeah, it seems like the kind of story we're looking for is like, oh, if she told you about the cocaine limousine at the church bake sale. But yeah, this seems like par for mom's course. Right, at City yeah, Hall, course. certainly. When yeah, she was sure. working out at City Hall. Sure. Of course. It's, you know, there's a lot of pressure when you work for the government. <laughs> you need to unwind. We've got to blow off some steam. Sure. We've got a couple of momentous occasions as well. Uh, Drew, when uh, something momentous happens to one of our listeners, we ask that they call in immediately as it's happening or in the immediate aftermath at oh, 206 984 to share that momentous happening with us. Hi, Jordan. Hi, Jesse. Hi, guest. Uh, this is Zach from Boston, and I have a momentous occasion or moment of shame for probably someone else. Uh, I sell T-shirts outside of Fenway Park here in Boston, and I just saw a couple, uh, and one of them was uh, visually impaired, uh, blind, <laughs> yelling at his girlfriend, and I didn't know blind people were mean. I'd never seen that before. And she slapped him until he fell to the ground. Oh, shit. And what? I didn't know what to do. So, yeah. Uh, okay. Bye. Shit went down. Yeah, yep. it's weird because you don't want to see a blind person slapped. Because right, they can't fight ever. back. They can't. That's, that, but that's if they're effectively. Being a, they're being a dick. But that, yeah, but just because you're blind doesn't mean you can't be a dick. And I've heard that. I've heard that Marley Matlin a is a real cunt. <laughs> yeah, somebody needs to. I actually slap have. Person, like, really, I've actually heard that. I can't quote the, that, but I've heard and 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 I support her in being that way. Sure. Like I want to add. Did like you hear I think this it's great. From Snoop Doggy Dog. I did. Like mid sprite hand like, hand off. He's like, thanks for the sprite. Marley Matlin's a cunt. Marley Matlin's a cunt. No, but I mean, I think that's great. But yeah, it does not discriminate. You, you want to play basketball with me and Jodeci? <laughs> <laughs> Jodeci. Hey, Jordan and Jesse. This is Eddie in Chicago, and I want to report a double momentous occasion. Uh, as I was leaving work, I am listening to your podcast. I watched a man come up to a stoplight with his windows up and play the trumpet, to which I thought he put it away and continue driving. He did not. He played the trumpet driving all the way down the road. As I turn around to walk away in amazement, I see what looks like a gaudy, jewelry-wearing, southern belle-type lady stomping up and down next to what appear to be homeless men doing her gardening. And looks exactly like what a movie rendition of a sleep plantation would be. Um... To make this even more exciting, the man playing the trumpet looked exactly like Michelle Foucault, and one of the homeless men gardening looked exactly like Walter Benjamin. I laughed for about half an hour, and then I called you guys. All right, have a good one. That was some serious fucking contemporary philosopher shit there. You're on some really good mushrooms. You dropped some... Yeah, right. I mean, that's crazy. You saw a man playing a trumpet all the way down the road... And then, on a separate occasion, a woman right. stomping on things. I like that he said, like, a movie rendition of a slave plantation. Like, what movie are you what, talking this about? This sounds like a weird <laughs> right. movie. You know, like those old, those old bedazzled slave stomping. You know, those movies. No, those. I that like, old tired genre. I'm just impressed. I am genuinely impressed that he knows what Walter Benjamin and Michel Foucault look like. 
Like, I can understand being familiar with their works of philosophy sure. that are central to, of uh-huh. course, any culture studies curriculum. Sure. But to know what they look like to the extent that you could identify one of them walking down the street in homeless guy form. Yeah. Or car trumpet player form. I only laugh because I vaguely know the names. I, I would have no idea what they look like or what they stood for. Yeah, right? Yeah. Well, I don't know anything. You guys, and is playing the trumpet in the car against their core philosophy? Right. I don't know. If it is, that makes it funnier. <laughs> but I do know who Jodeci is. <laughs> yes. Good. You could identify Jodeci I could identify Jodeci okay. for sure. Excellent. What about Casey and Jojo? Oh, on the, uh, absolutely. Okay, good. Kirk Franklin? No idea who that is. Who is that? He went gospel on him, and I, I lost oh, him. Yeah. Oh, Mary, yeah. Mary yeah. Mary? Mary Mary. That's a Run DMC another, song. It's also a, another gospel group. Another crossover oh, gospel group. Wow. They're big in the Jodeci community. Let's put it oh, that sure. way. Is Jodeci a gospel singer? No, the, but there, there's a they're crossover. In the world of like Babyface and that world yeah. of like, you know. Gerald yeah. Levert. Blake, Levert, Daryl of Levert. course. Yeah. Cece and BB. Yeah. Or BB and Cece, I guess. The Winans. The Winans. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Who sings uh who sings insane in the membrane? <laughs> no. Who sings no. that? Jordan. That, that is Cypress That's Hill. Cypress Hill. Oh, okay. Okay. Who I was saying earlier, I got confused. All right. So yeah. Yeah. They uh, they also sing Mary Mary by Run DMC. <laughs> Doesn't Run DMC sing that or is that just the title of the song? They we'll also sing just, all rap. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. And I'm Drew Drogi Cupcake. Oh, it's great to have Drew Drogi here from uh, the uh, Glitter in the Garbage podcast. It's your improvised uh, comedy sketches, uh, character work, uh, a lot of fun, a lot of good times, laughs, certainly. A lot of laughs. We have a lot of laughs on that show. We have goofs. Oh, good. We have some guffaws. Mm. Jordan, there are other places you can find us on the internet this week. Are there? When we were in Ann Arbor, Michigan, Mm -hmm. uh, we taped a long uh, introspective podcast with the folks from the Ann Arbor District Library who had invited us there. Um, I took a listen to it the other day. I thought it really sounded nice. I think we had some interesting things to say. Um, uh, and, And so if you're interested in sort of me and Jordan's history together and our, uh, you know, our breakups and... Sure. All the, mm, all the roller coaster. Sam and Diane thing going on. Yeah. Um, if you want to... But seriously, <laughs> if you want to hear the if you want to hear the history of The Sound of Young America and Jordan Jesse Go from both of us and, and mm. also sort of some stuff about how, what we think about the world of entertainment and, um, you know, how podcasting fits into it. It's and, basically Fast and Furious continuity talk, yeah. which is mainly all I want to talk about these days. Well, I it's mean, great. as we sat there in the conference room in the library recording it, I listened to I listened to the first 20 minutes or so, and uh, literally within six sentences, uh, Jordan, you said, well, he's excited about his giant schlong. Yeah. So you want to hear who giant Who are you talking about? Talk. Yourself? Your own? Uh, some, I don't know. Who was uh, I talking a about? guy who um, we we were uh, I, I was Jordan's RA on the Performing Arts Hall, and there was this guy uh, who was who would always knock on my door at three o'clock in the morning, uh, asking for uh, Magnum condoms. Oh wow! Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And he would ask like, "Do you have any Magnum condoms?" Yeah, because he wanted specifically to... asked me for the big dick condoms. Well, I guess he had a big dick. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, he guy, he safety. Was a, I mean, he was a real doofus. But so you I'm know glad what? Those, he had something going for him. Those <laughs> are so. Those are so. Just a complete marketing thing because those actually 
are not good. I was told by someone who oh. is in the porn industry. So Ooh, if anyone, if anyone can talk about mag- needing Magnum condoms, and he said. No, they are much more likely to fall off. They're either unnecessary. He was like, a regular size condom, he was like, will is is actually right for, he said, 99% of guys. He's like, if you have a, an abnormally large, it's only for the show of it all. It's only to like go to the, the drugstore right. and be like, yeah, this is what <laughs> I need. He's like, it's really bad. They're very likely to not work because they yeah. slip off. Or, I just buy uh, those little colored balloons that they make balloon <laughs> animals out of. Is that the right thing to get? Sure. Yeah, I mean, if you're... Dick is shaped like a dog. Yeah. Then, yeah. Well, it's not exactly like a dog, but it suggests right, a dog. Right, sure, yeah. You know, you use the different legs, colors. Ears. And, yeah, yeah. I just use yeah. like a Subway sandwich bag. Right. I think that's the right thing to do. Is it that's filled with baked Lay's? <laughs> <laughs> Sun chips. Oh, okay. That's a good choice. It's got multiple <laughs> grains. <laughs> uh, anyway, you can listen to that podcast. It's AADL for Ann Arbor District Library.org. Slash JJ Go. You can listen to that podcast. And Jordan's on the Dominic Durkis's Anytime Show this week. Yeah, yeah. I don't know when he posts the new episodes of those, but uh, you should you should subscribe to it anyways. Absolutely. So, uh, yes, the Anytime Show. Two zero six nine eight four four fun is the number to call if you want to share with us a momentous occasion. You want to ask us an important question, etc., etc., etc. JJ Go at maximumfun.org, Our email address. Uh, uh, Drew, if people want to visit you on the internet, where, they, where do they visit you? Oh, well, you can. My podcast, Glitter in the Garbage, is on Earwolf. Uh, we have a new episode every Thursday that comes out. So please listen to that, download that. And, uh, and I'm on Facebook and Twitter and, and all that good stuff, too. So you can find me directly on that. I say you send him a nice message. Tell him how much you enjoyed his appearance please, on Jordan Jesse. That would be nice of you. Wouldn't that I'd be nice? I'd love that. I'd love that. I think next week on Jordan Jesse Go, we might try and get to the bottom of this uh, friendship war situation. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, people have been. I used a website. I used a website that did tell me that we won the friendship war, uh, which was uh, with our friends, uh, my brother, my brother, and me, who were dominating us in Twitter mentions with their tag MBMBAM mm. relative to our tag JJ Go, and uh, w- w- the internet told me that we won, but then there was some discussion as to whether that was uh, correct. Well, it's an let's open get question. to the bottom of this. Our friends and my brother, my brother and me, have not accepted the decision that I that I made. So, oh, interesting. This is a Florida recount. Situation. Yeah, I think we're, wow. we're it's going to gonna... divide the nation asunder. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> divide it asunder. Yeah. Uh, maximumfun.org. Uh, Form.maximumfun.org is where you can talk about the show. I'm out of juice. No out more of juices. juice. We'll talk no to you guys juice. next time on Jordan Jesse Go.